Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Editor Knows Best. My name is Katyra Poland. I am the creator and also the hostess of Editor Knows Best, a podcast specifically for writers and authors. And today we do have a very special guest. Uh, but before we get to that, the show airs Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Anchor, anchor.fm slash Editor Knows Best, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and several other uh, channels. So today's guest is a native of Youngstown, Ohio. He spends his life trying to acquire knowledge to help others understand what is amiss in the United States and the world. His writings and his talks betray his sincere belief that there is a way to make things better. The writer's faith, hope, curiosity, and optimism about the human condition throughout the globe began, a began Vincent A. Golfin's um, interest in the writing field. He also has earned his doctorate in creative writing and literary and cultural studies from Binghamton University, and he's used the knowledge to expand his reputation as a poet, an essayist, and a fiction writer. Thank you so much for joining us today, Vincent. It's a pleasure to have you. I'm glad to be here. Awesome, awesome. So can you tell us a little bit more about um, your journey to becoming a writer and if that was something that you always envisioned for yourself? Um, well, like a lot of journeys, you know, in life, things ebb and flow. So like for me, um, I think I started out writing when I was in grade school and I would just <clears throat> write little things. In fact, I haven't, <clears throat> pardon me, I'm sorry. I haven't been able to find it. But one of the first things that I ever wrote was when I was in eighth grade, I wrote a poem about this clunky school bus that we used to be on. This is like the raggediest bus in the world. <laughs> and um, we, uh, we would ride it and it was like bus four. I'll never forget that part because, um, you know, there was a story of bus four. And, uh, you know, I didn't think that, oh, gosh, I'm going to grow up and be a writer. But as I matured, got into high school, because um, I was always a reader, and then college, and when writing was mandatory, and then, of course, graduate studies, postgraduate studies, and all of that, um, you know, I kept toying around with the idea. And in fact, that's why I became a journalist at one point, okay? I was a journalist. Um, because Hemingway had been a journalist. So I thought, well, what better way <laughs> to like teach yourself to write and write quickly and be able to uh, have a sense of what can happen with words. So I went ahead and, um, uh, you know, got into that profession, did okay, moderately well, won a couple of awards and everything. And then um, came out of that, uh, and, uh, and I had been teaching all along. I've been teaching for a long time, uh, nearly half a century, but came out of that, just started teaching. And uh, as a teacher, uh, kept uh, part of what I had to do was to write, but then I wanted to do a lot more creative writing. And uh, so then I went, I got my doctorate in creative writing. I'd been doing things all along. So I put that portfolio forward. Uh, it earned me a slot in a doctoral program. I got the doctorate. And then after that, 
moved out. And so here we are today. I am now, um, believe it or not, they call it being retired, but <laughs> I have more work to do than ever before. Still writing. And I do a lot of editing. I work on other, I do a lot of work on other people's projects, everything okay. from dissertations, theses, and creative works. Uh, a lot of times I find myself um, and people come to me. Um, most of my, my clients have come word of mouth. Okay. I'm not, I've never really set up a huge campaign. Um, that's how I ended up being called the book doctor. Okay. Because people would say, well, you should get a hold of that guy. And it used to be when I was in, in academia full time, they would say, call the professor. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, because everybody would know that, okay, the, the professor is at such and such a university, he might be able to help you call him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did a few projects in that, some that were really wild. And then um, after I retired, I went ahead and I kept kept doing things, people would come to me and say, so, so told me that you uh, are really good. And I think I want to be a writer. Or I think I have a book here. What can we do with it? And so basically I take their manuscript and I either uh, uh, reimagine it for them or I help them to structure it so that they, because they, they do the writing. I don't do the writing. Okay. Um, that's one of my hard, fast rules that I tell people from the beginning. This is your book. Because a lot of times people will come to you and they'll be like, please, please write my book. Right. Okay. Or they're not saying write my book. They're saying, I want to write a book. But they're saying, well, what should it look like? What should right. I do? Right. And so the writer always has to make the last choice. Exactly. You know, if you tell me that you want your book written in all caps, I will look at it and I will say, well, I'll explain to you why that might not be a great idea. Right. But if that's what you want, it's your book. Okay, do what you like. Uh, if you want to tell me that, well, I want this handled by a mainstream publisher, I can tell you exactly what it needs to look like, how to prepare your manuscript, I'll work with you, et cetera, et cetera. No guarantees, of course. Right. Okay, but I'll work with you. Uh, if you... Uh, want to, um, and again, I work on everything. I've worked on marketing letters. I've worked on, um, like I said, uh, student essays, you know, those essays they have to write nowadays to get into college. Sure. I want to be in college. Okay. Mm -hmm. And again, I've had students come to me and say, uh, if you write my essay, I'll pay you triple, you know, <laughs> but I don't do people's homework. That's my response. I don't right. do homework right okay and um i guess i'm talking too much but i just wanted to give you a very complete answer to your question no thank you so much for that information um the audience typically consists of authors and writers who uh, may be new to the field or their experience and they just want to know more so your answer was perfect um i would love for you to share a little bit more about how you transition into the editing space. Because again, um, I'm, I'm an editor as well, but some of our listeners have questions about editing. So what would you recommend to a writer or author who's looking to make that transition and how did you do that? Well, first of all, most people don't realize that editing is an art. 
I mean, you might, you might have gone to school and studied English, got in a BA in English or something. Right. It doesn't make you an editor. Nope. <laughs> the, the trick to being a great editor is to be able to not have your mark on the manuscript. It must look like the writer. Okay. And what you're doing is it's just sort of like what Michelangelo did. He would see a block of marble and he would be able to see the image or the, the figure like uh, the Pieta or something like that. He would be able to see that within that block of marble. And most of what he did was chink away at the things that didn't add to that image, okay? And so when you have the final product, you know, you could sit back and you could look at it and you'd be like, yes, I always knew that was there. It's just beautiful, right. you know, but it's not yours. Right. It belongs, and you have to really, you know, I know I keep saying that, but it's really hard because people want to turn over the ownership of their manuscript to you, okay, constantly. They're like, well, if you, you're going to guarantee me that if you edit this, it will be perfect, right? And uh, you can't do that, okay? No. Just like I tell people, you know, there are a lot of, because I'm not an inexpensive person, so I tell people, there are a lot of editors out there and not every editor is right for you. You have to find the editor that suits you. Exactly. Okay. Because some writers and editors just won't mix. So you can't just go to anyone. But my thing has been in the past, I'll joke with people and I'll say, okay, well, I'll tell you what, maybe you're not ready because they'll balk at the price. They'll be like, well, yes. I don't know. Right. And I'll say, I'll tell you what we do. All right. Once you're done with the rest, come back to the best. All right. <laughs> that's really it. It's like, I, sure. can, I will do for you what no one else will do. For and sure. I'm not bragging. I will. You know, I, I will be patient with you. I'll guide you. I'll give you other information. I'm not trying to like measure you out on the dime. Uh, because I've seen people, particularly um, non-white people who are, want to be authors and they get taken advantage of. Okay, and I, I've seen one woman brought me a manuscript. Oh, God, it was horrible. And she had paid this person $700 to edit this thing. Mm -hmm. And this person, it was a novel, and, or mem sort of a novel memoir type thing. But anyway, it was a novel. Mm -hmm. And she paid, and this person gave her back a manuscript with no punctuation. It was just words and lines. There was no paragraphs. There were no paragraphs. And then in the end, the person just simply said, well, I don't really like the material anyway. Mm. I don't mm. do this kind of material. So you just have to take what you got, mm. you know. Right, right. And that was like, again, another client that came to me, somebody told this person, hey, you know, there's this professor. See if you can go get him. Mm -hmm. He might be able to help you. All right. And so, it, you know, these are the kinds of things that I've seen. So to uh, do away with that. Um, but if a person wants to be an editor, the first thing you have to do is you have to lower your ego, okay? Because it's not about you. It's about the other person. Secondly, you have to understand their goals. And if their goals or their product is not something that you're really able to... Um, open yourself to, and I say open yourself, I didn't say like or anything like that, um, then the best thing to do is not be involved with it. 
And, um, you know, if it doesn't feel right, I just don't, I don't get into it because it's like, it will be a disaster in the end. It will be an absolute disaster. Um, you know, same thing with a client. If a client comes to me and say, says, well, I want you to help me edit my book, but I, I don't really know what I want it to be. I don't really know how I, well, no, that's a danger sign. For that, sure. Because if this person doesn't know, you're in for a magical mystery tour. Okay, you're going to be all over the place. All right. Thank you so much for those nuggets and that information. Um, and I do agree that being an editor requires humility. And I always tell my clients, like you said, I'm at the end of the day, this is your manuscript. So what you want in there will stay in there. Um, what you want taken out will go. Um, and right. then also that the editor is like a silent partner. So like you said, we're not, you're not supposed to be able to tell that, oh, an editor, you know, worked with this author. We want it to be authentic to the author's voice. And we, you know, we're here to make it um, as best as we can. So I also agree when you said um, we don't edit to perfection. And my saying is we, I edit for excellence, not perfection. I'm not perfect. Microsoft Word is not perfect. Grammarly is not perfect. So I'm not going to guarantee you a perfect manuscript. There are clients who don't agree with that. They don't like to hear that. But like you said, you have to find the editor that works for you. So, you know, like I have a consultation up front, we have a phone call and you, you both have to be on the same page. So it's not just, okay, the author wants to work with you. The editor also has to want to work with that author. It's a partnership. So you Right. And also, yeah. excuse me, also expectations. I mean, for sure. Have you ever had someone bring you a manuscript and it's a mess and mm-hmm. they're like, but I need it in a week. Okay? Right. Right. And you'd be like, well, um, wow. Um, and you just have to tell them, I can't do this in a week. Right. Okay. Right. So I've had people come to me and they'd be like, but you're so slow. Well, it takes time. Absolutely. Okay? Um, like when you're working on something, and I'll tell people, I'll say, I tell you what, if you want to pay my bills, right? All right, I will edit this quickly for you. I you, <laughs> you pay everything. I don't have to work. I don't have to do any other jobs. I don't have to edit anyone else's stuff. You're paying for all my time. Right. I'll be glad to do it. Like like, <laughs> okay. But if I have to do everything else, exactly. and it's not necessarily pushing you to the side, no. it's that when I look at your manuscript, I have to think about what I'm seeing. I can't just, you know, you, you don't just say, oh, okay, this needs a comma. Oh, this word is misspelled. Oh, this is it. No, you have, right. you're looking at it and you're reading it as the reader would read yes. it. Yes. So that exactly. you go back and you're saying to the person, okay, when I give you this page, this is my best shot at giving you something that I know, uh, uh, you know, you could publish. Or if you're trying to go to a mainstream, that I know an agent would look at and be willing to say, well, maybe I'll take a chance on this. Right. Okay. Right. Um, and that's it. Yeah. And then the other piece that you touched on as well as um, is clients who scoff at the price. So one of the things that I've, I've grown into and one of the things that I, I now say frequently is that editing is an investment, not an expense. So if you change your mindset to that, then you will realize the value in editing. And I don't know that a lot of writers and authors realize it. They just see the price tag and 
you know, they, they run the other direction. Um, but like you said, um, there is value behind editing and you just have to learn what the, how important it is. And you also get what you pay for. So there are editors who do charge, um, who are considered cheap editors. They don't, they don't charge as much, but you'll have to, you know, journey through that and figure out that just because it usually, um, if they're charging less, you're getting less value. So just don't go with the cheapest all the time. Make sure you do your research. And then, like you said, depending on, you know, if you're working with an editor of prestige, you would expect to pay a pretty penny because they have the expertise. They're going to make sure that your manuscript looks and sounds good um, and that it makes sense. And like you said, you know, not just the grammar and spelling, which is what people assume, but there's so much more, the plot, making sure there's no redundancies and all of that. So that's another thing I wanted to um, tack onto that you did mention. Um, right. So, well, I mean, oh, go ahead. Editing is, I'm sorry, am I, am I going too long or whatever? No, go ahead. Yeah, editing is done, editing is done in drafts, okay? Yes. And that's one thing most people are not used to. They're thinking like, well, well, I said, well, here's your first draft. I've gone through, but these are the corrections I want you to make. Right. Uh, my suggestions for other things. And then we'll do a second draft. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what? You mean you <laughs> didn't finish it? And I'm like, no, I have to see what right. you come up with once you finish the first draft. Then right. we'll do the second. And then there's a last one where we polish. Okay. And they're like, oh man, this is taking too long. That's what I said. Like, well, this is taking too long. Mm -hmm. But I ask people all the time, have you ever read um, indie publications? And particularly those that there was a craze at one point where you had a lot of um, uh, mainstream publishers even who put, who created like a black uh, division where they could turn out these novels, these black romance novels, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Have you ever read those and seen mistake after mistake after mistake, <laughs> misspellings and all kinds of stuff? Right, right. And that's because even like with Amazon, they take no responsibility for editing your work. They no. will publish whatever it is you right. bring them. Right. Okay. So you have to polish it. And if you're really serious about what you put out there, or if you have a sense of yourself as a writer, you would be embarrassed. Now, everyone, again, understand, I understand, everyone, you can miss a word, you can miss two words, you can miss three, maybe. But when you go, when you turn page after page after page, and there are mistakes everywhere, there's even words missing, then that's not good. That's not good. And that's part of a proofreading thing. That's why some people don't think that proofreading is uh, worth it because you you know once you finish editing then you need to proof it um and and again that's another thing that I do okay um and yeah. it's painstaking for the audience do you mind telling them the difference between editing and proofreading because again some of our um you know listeners may not know that there's a difference or what the difference is sure editing is um doing auto body work. You bring me a car with a messed up fender, I can pound it out, I can um, you know, sand it off, I can smooth it, I can repaint it, okay? Proofing is polishing it, okay? So that now it's repainted, you want it not only to look like the other, uh, the other part of the car, but you want the whole thing to come together and you want it to shine. And that's what proofing does. Proofing catches or tries to catch 
when you left out a word. It looks at uh, the logic of uh, something that might have been written and make sure it's consistent. I've had manuscripts before where uh, for one reason or another, nobody's fault or anything, pages drop out. Mm -hmm. And so you go from one page <laughs> all of a sudden you're somewhere else. Right. You're like, well, wait, what happened? Mm -hmm. and, and like that, go back to the other thing, um, numbering. A lot of independent yes. authors number their own books or set it up, et cetera, et cetera. And, and those things are not the easiest. Like in Word, it's really not easy to have proper continuity, to have proper page numbers. And right. when you lay out a manuscript, it's also not easy. So once you have, a uh, have it laid out and you create a galley, a proof copy of the final manuscript, you also need to go through that and polish it. Make sure every word is exactly the word that you want, that pages are right, that, that uh, uh, headings are correct. Everything is there. And that can make the difference, okay? Uh, the same thing with looking at, uh, and you have to look, when you proof, and this is what makes it so tedious, um, you have to look at every single word, okay? Right and make sure that it's right. Because again, what happens, I'm sure you've experienced this, is the trick of the eye. Yes. You read so many words, after right. a while you see what you want to see. And, and so like even a sentence, sometimes you read a sentence and you can read it twice and you think, oh, okay, this is it, I got it. And you go back and you look at it, you'd be like, wait, there's a word missing. Right. But I know that word was there. I remember. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And no, yes, your mind remembers it because that's what you intended it to say. For sure. But it's missing. And that happens in personal correspondence. I'm Definitely. sure you send emails or something and people say, well, did you really mean to write that? Mm -hmm. You know, that way. Right. And, you know, of course, now with and then the other heinous thing is autocorrect yes you know, have you ever had yes uh, something autocorrect for you right. and it's not the word that you wanted for sure but it looked like it for to the machine so it's just <laughs> the word yes 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 thank you for for sharing that so um one thing that i just also want to share again is that uh, for the for the writer and the author again the manuscript belongs to you so even once you get edits and proofs back you should be looking it over again. Um, again, like he said, the editor or proofreader might miss something, or maybe they misspelled the name or, or anything really. So you should be taking responsibility to make sure that the manuscript meets your expectations. It's not a drop it in the editor's lap and everything is perfect from there once they send it back to you. So make sure that you are, um, you know, you take your craft seriously. It's a reflection of you. So, you know, if, if it goes to Amazon and there's mistakes or it goes to the, pub, you know, um, you're self-publishing, it's a reflection on you. So just make sure that you don't just assume that it's perfect and ready to go just because it's been edited or proofed by a thing, professional. Yeah. And the other thing is it's when it comes to proofing, if you could afford it, it's good to have more than one person proof it. Yes. Okay. Plus, as author, you should look at it yourself. Because again, it's your book. You always want to make yes. certain um, that this is saying exactly what you want it to say. Right. And just to clarify, um, this is specifically for those who are self-published 
or like freelance authors. So if you're with a traditional publisher, they do have a team of editors, a team of professionals who will recheck and check. And um, there's less creative control for the author when traditionally publishing. But as um, uh, Vincent and I are speaking, we are speaking specifically to those who are self-publishing, who right. retain all of the rights and don't have a traditional publisher who has other restrictions and, and regulations regarding your book. But and let me add one more thing though, okay. too. In this current climate, I mean, again, 40 years ago when I was doing things, you had uh, big, even the biggest publishers, Random House, that type of thing. They had art platoons of writers and yes. editors. And things. nowadays, most publishers don't have uh, huge armies of mm -hmm. people working in their offices, less and less all the time. And so that makes you more valuable as a writer mm -hmm. when you can turn out copy that's virtually flawless. Yes. Okay. Um, because yes, they're going to do, they're going to make changes. Right. Exactly. No, they're going to make changes. But the thing is, is that you want to be able to um, give them something where if there are mistakes in spelling, you know, to your, you've done the very best you can and there's only, it's negligible. There's only a few here or there where right. if there's something missing, you know, it only happens once or something like that. Um, but they don't have time in, in not only large publishing houses, but even mid-size and independent publishers, small press, they don't have time to go over manuscripts, okay? And to, um, so you, if you, you know, when people look at your work, you want them to see the best possible publication. For sure, definitely. Thank you for uh, sharing that. So I did see in your biography that you have also contributed to anthologies. Do you mind telling our listeners what an anthology is? And for those who might be interested in, in contributing, what do you recommend? Well, um, an anthology is any book, whether fiction or nonfiction, that features a collection of writers on a topic, okay? And they're becoming a lot more people are producing anthologies yes. nowadays, a lot of writers on all kinds of subjects. And so um, what I would recommend is uh, as you go through Facebook or as you go through uh, uh, places where you have writers sites, writers groups, you look for calls for submissions. And then, um, you know, and they're all kinds. So some of them, they charge a fee, others are free. And they're constantly looking for calls of submissions. And also there can be topical, like for example, if you're excited and you feel uh, something about like uh, the, the uh, new developments in black women, womanhood, okay? There, in fact, I, this is an anthology I just, uh, ran up on. There's a, a play that you can, uh, you know, there, there are calls out there that say we want fiction, essays, whatever relation to that. And you you send your stuff in, you know, you meet the deadlines and that type of thing. But again, in those kinds of circumstances, if you want them to love you, give them something that's like nearly flawless. Yes. Okay. Because then you become easy to work with. I don't know uh, people who, who I've done anthologies before, mm -hmm. not not just 
contributing, but okay. I've also pulled them together. I've edited okay. works, and it's a nightmare. Okay, because yeah. people will give you things, <laughs> and sometimes they need to be rewritten. Yes, and then it gets to be humorous because some people are absolutely like, "No, my words are sacred. Do right. not touch anything that I've done. <laughs> you know, I want it done this way." And you'd be yes. like, "But you know, this is really not working out." Right. Okay? And and sometimes yes, you will face rejections. Uh, they right. will say, "Well, what you have doesn't quite work," or you know. So one thing I will say to writers, uh, people. Because you had when we started talking, we started talking about career as a writer. The main thing you have to get used to as a writer is rejection. Anybody that wants to be a writer that doesn't want people to say no, then you need to go drive a cab or something. Mm -hmm. You know, find something else to do, because lots of people are going to say no to you, and it has nothing. You don't take it personal. Right. It has nothing to do with well, I'm not good enough. Okay. Don't think like that. Mm -hmm. Just think about what it is that you want to express and express it. Because mm -hmm. if you play the game like, oh, well, what is it people want to read? Mm -hmm. Okay, your writing will be lifeless. Okay, it will be, um, it, it will be, yeah, it will look like a fish. It will smell like a fish, but it basically is dead. Okay, it's mm -hmm. not life. It's not alive. Uh, when you start writing and saying what you want to say, mm -hmm. it, you know, it comes alive. And that's mm -hmm. the thing that editors can connect with. And it also makes an anthology better. And the, ma the main thing I like about anthologies, and as you say, I've been, lately these years, I've been doing more of those mm -hmm. um, than I have um, in, in cranking out. I mean, I, I'm still writing my own stuff, but I don't really get it published right away. I send things out. I'm looking at agents and things like that. Mm -hmm. But but uh, these anthologies, there's tons of them. And what you do is you just, you know, put yourself. And the main thing is you, you say to yourself, um, I'm just doing the best I can. So you don't put pressure on yourself. A lot of writers end up leaving writing or they get frozen in their careers, right. to, you know, develop what they call writer's block yes. because <laughs> they're trying to please other people, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and my main advice would be please yourself. Right. If you have a story, tell it, enjoy right. telling it, and then that will be a good story. Right. And I just want to um, share also that a lot of new writers or even new business business owners, um, one of the issues that they have is identifying their target market. So someone will ask, so who's your target market? And we have that cliche, everyone. If you're targeting to everyone, you're not <laughs> going to connect to anyone. So exactly. figure out who you want to read the book. Um, not, I would recommend that. But another question is ask, what would you want to read? And you'll naturally attract people who are interested in whatever you're writing about. So I definitely agree that you don't want to, you don't want to override your opinion of what you're writing or the importance of your role in what you're writing. Um, but you also do want to consider your target market. So um, it's a delicate balance, but I it just really want, is. Yeah, because you <laughs> have to also. Uh, you know, as you mentioned that, I wanted, it occurred to me that I might have overplayed that angle. Um, you have to listen. Yes. Okay. Learn to hear what people are saying. There's a difference 
if I look at something you've written, Katyra, and I say, well, you know, I think this can really be better if you try to introduce this topic in there. Right. Okay. Now, some people are going to hear that as, oh, well, you hated it. And, 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 and you just, or, well, you want to change the whole thing. This is not what I want. You want to do this whole thing. Right. And they don't see that, okay, in the first instance and in the second instance, mm -hmm. I was just offering a suggestion. Right. It's up to you. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. And it has nothing to do with whether I hate it or not. It's right. just you hate it. Right. All right. Right. Is this something that you like? And if you like it, stay with it. Right. And of course, the business side, too, that's a difficulty uh, because, again, I'm much more artist than manager. I'm not, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I can churn out, I can do, um, but my, my uh, friends who are more business oriented tell me all the time that I need a manager because, uh, quite honestly, and I, this is probably going to really sound bad, number one, I don't like asking for money. Okay. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. number two, um, I, I, you know, tend to, I'm good for a sob story. Mm -hmm. So I have people <laughs> in my life uh -oh. that, that cut me <laughs> off from that. Okay. Who will be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You agreed to work for a dime and a cent. Uh -oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you, you know, you're going to have to do better than that. All right. You know, all right. And, well, and, and, Process. Well, you heard it from the horse's mouth, listeners. <laughs> he gave you this. <laughs> so, Vincent, don't be surprised if you, if you get inbox some some stories. But um, no, thanks so much for being um, honest about that and, and and sharing that. We all have things that we struggle with, and I appreciate that you uh, were comfortable enough to share that with me and also our listeners. So that is awesome. One of the things that I've learned on my journey as an editor, I'm um, going back to what you said about suggestions is early on, it was just, okay, this doesn't look right to me. I'm going to change it. Four years in, now I realize, okay, I don't need to make this change. What I can do is put a comment on the side of in the margin and say, this is what I think you should do. This is something you should consider. How about this? It takes the workload off of me, but it also empowers the author. So that's something that I've learned and it's working really well um, instead of just automatically changing something that I don't agree with or if it doesn't sound good. And a lot of time it gets the author's it's, juices again, going. It's, it's, Go ahead. Right, it's not for me as editor to agree or disagree. Right. Uh, what I tend to do is I will reflect back to you. Like if you exactly. write something, um, I'm making this up, but like something about like, um, uh, you know, uh, the civil rights movement of the 60s was was not successful. It was terrible and nothing ever happened. I will just simply write a note or like you say in a comment mm -hmm. and I'll say, you know, first of all, look at that. Is that accurate that mm -hmm. nothing happened in the 60s? Right. Uh, you know, and that it, there was no success at all. And if right. that's what you want to go with, fine. Sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, because that's your thesis. That's exactly. what you're arguing. And I only hope you can, and I would say in the note, I only hope you can prove it. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. 
and sure. and and again, maybe you get a writer that doesn't want to prove it. Fine, it's their book. Exactly. You know, and that's and a lot of times people misread when I say that. It's like, oh, so you take no responsibility, you don't care or anything. No, I give you my best suggestions. Okay, and that's my responsibility is to make suggestions. That's what you. I do what you hire me to do. If you want it proofed, I proof it. Right. And I will tell you this word is maybe not a good word because this doesn't mean what you're trying to say and i've had people argue with me over that it's like well that's that i know what i'm saying that's the word that i want and that's that's the way i want to say it mm -hmm. okay. right exactly you know? exactly but, not not taking it personally and again leaving the power in the hands of the author that that i definitely recommend those for for editors proofreaders and Thank you so much for reiterating that. So um, I definitely uh, enjoyed our conversation. I'm so glad that you were a guest. I would love for you to tell our listeners where they can get in touch with you if they're interested in your services and or your books. Okay, um, wow. The services um, is um, on my site. vgwrites.com. Uh, and again, that when they go to that site, they will very good at setting it up. Um, but they will see that everything is, it says it, it's negotiable. So what that basically means is when I see the project, each project is done differently. Right. It's, um, and it's based on work and time and number of page, number of words, number right. of pages, that type of thing. So, uh, you know, it's you'll, but you'll get a sense of what I will do and can do, and you'll have some terminology. There's a difference between a de developmental edit and a yes. cleanup. Yes. There's a difference between a major edit, okay, and a developmental edit. So they'll get the terminology. Mm -hmm. um, also, you know, the, I, I do more than editing. I also sometimes consult. So if you have mm -hmm. an idea and you would want to know, okay, well, what would you suggest I do to 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 flesh out this idea? Okay, we can talk about that, mm -hmm. and that's consulting, and I do that at an hourly rate. Okay. Um, so vgwrites.com um, for my own works. Uh, you can go to Amazon. Uh, actually, Amazon. Uh, Barnes and Noble. I mean, I'm I'm all over the place, uh, awesome. but Amazon is a quick resource. Um, the the also there is also uh, a website uh, that um, uh, the Golfin Collection .com. Okay. And Golfin, of course, is spelled G O L P H I N uh, Collection. The Golfin Collection, all one word. .com. Awesome. Thank okay. you. As okay. far as uh, phone numbers, those are on the sites. So you can contact me there. Fantastic. And, uh, then one last thing. Okay. And then if you're into email, uh, just email thebookdoctor at vgwrites.com. 
Thanks so much, Vincent. Again, thank you for sharing your expertise, um, the recommendations that you offered to our listeners, also being honest about your experience and um, just all of the valuable information that you provided to us. And thank you all for listening. Again, Editor Knows Best airs every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, anchor.fm slash Editor Knows Best. Thank you all for listening. Be safe and be well, everyone.